the first reading is taken from Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And the second reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13. And it's headed unity in the body of Christ. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God. It's really lovely to be here at the beginning of another year. It seems like just yesterday we were here at the beginning of last year and here we are been quite a start to the year already for us. We've had a bit of a, a busy time, but uh, anyway, some of it good, <clears throat> some of it, well, could have been better. Last September, we went up to North Wales for a holiday, the first holiday in quite a while, one having been cancelled the previous year through, to, through COVID, but we got there. We got to we got to have a holiday. And I have to confess that when I first started planning and plotting for the holiday, I wasn't quite sure we would fill 10 days or so in North Wales. Well, guess what? I was surprised because not only did we fill 10 days, we didn't have enough hours in the day in some cases, and we, I don't think, had enough days in the, in the holiday. So I guess we'll be going back there. But one of the absolute delights and highlights of the holiday for me was to go to the um, 
swallow falls, water falls. And I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the little town or place where it is, because that's beyond my Welsh. Um, but we got there early in the morning, and it was wonderful, because we, as a tourist, got there before the rest of the tourists, and we felt like we really had the place to ourselves. Um, and it was beautiful. It was just such a treasure to enjoy the beauty of it, the peace of it, to watch the waterfall. And as I read Psalm 133 in preparation for today's talk, and I, I noticed how descriptive that passage is, where it says how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on their head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar. It's like the dew falling, the dew of Hermon falling on Mount Zion. And immediately I thought of the waterfall. It was just such a pleasure to, to watch that diversity of the water falling. Now, in some respects, it felt like there was conformity there. It felt like every single drop of water was doing exactly the same thing. But as you looked closer, and if you understand science, which I don't, I'm not even going to go there, but I do understand that each water droplet is a molecule and it each has its own identity, I guess. But so each drop of water was working together in harmony to fall, to make this beautiful waterfall. It was following gravity. It was following what it was supposed to do. But each drop was creating its own beauty. And then I read the Ephesians passage, and I have a feeling that that's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians, where he was saying that we're all created in the image of God, but we each have our own calling, gifting, talent. We each have our own unique ability. And as we work together with that which God has given us, we bring the kingdom of God to the world around us. We see diversity in us, but we see unity in us. Now, we've called today's talk, Unity is Not Conformity. Because many times we think that if we need to be working in unity, we have to conform to each other. But that, I don't believe, is what God is asking of us. I believe God is asking us to find our own unique ability, talent, gifting, to be able to work in unity. We're not all the same. And as I was doing some research, I came across an article by Dan Ryland, which was posted in 2016, um, uh, in a magazine, in the Outreach magazine. He called it Six Ways to Build Unity in Your Church. And point number two was this, define unity. Unity is not uniformity or conformity. It's not about everyone agreeing with everything. The sake of biblical unity should never be leveraged as a way for a leader to get his or her own way. 
Unity is a solidarity among believers focused on the mission of the church. In order to advance God's kingdom purposes for the good of the people. Division is focused on self. Unity is focused on God. We divide, separate, and go to battle when we lift up our own agendas over the greater good. It's easy to cloak selfishness under the guise of righteous passion. But God designed the church to operate as a community, moving in the same direction, not a collection of lone rangers who are each doing what is right in his or her own eyes. The ultimate goal, our ultimate goal, is to serve Jesus. And serving Jesus happens in many, many ways. There are many churches, many ministries, many organizations that are doing their part in expanding the kingdom of God. But we need to know what God is asking of us. What is God asking of Christchurch Swanley? What is God asking of each one of you within this body? Once we know what our role is, what the part is we have to play, what the strategy, the calling is on us individually and as this body of believers, then we need to work together in unity so that we can, as a church community, move in the same direction, the direction that God is taking us in. You know, not everyone in the church is called to be pastor, and I'm sure most of you will be glad to hear that, because I think for a lot of people, the thought of standing in the front and being the pastor is pretty scary. So no, we're not all called to be a pastor. We're not all called to be a prophet. We're not all called to be the evangelist. Not everyone is called to serve the body of Christ or the church as an intercessor in the community or by serving on the local hospitality rota or the church's hospitality rota. But we do need to know what our passion is and we do need to know what God has called us to do. And we do need to accept that sometimes God will challenge us I remember as a younger person saying, I will never stand up in front of people and talk. And uh, <clears throat> look where I am today, standing up in front of people and talking. And you know what? I love it. I love it because I love the passion that God has put in me for wanting his word to get out there. I love the passion that I have for each one of you to do what God has called you to do. To I hope that I encourage you and I inspire you as I stand here bringing the word of God, but that you will feel that passion of God calling you and uplifting you. So if there is something in your life that you're saying, I'll never do that, just check with God first because maybe there will come a day 
where he will say, you know that thing you said you'd never do? But all of us need to serve somewhere. All of us need to serve the kingdom and the church somewhere because God has given each and every one of us a gifting, a talent. And some of us do serve behind the scenes. There is no greater joy than to serve behind the scenes. I love doing that just as much as I love standing here bringing God's word. Whatever we do, we must do it in love. We must do it in unity with not only each one of us, each other in this church, but within the unity of the churches of the wider community. But very sadly, one of the, one of the things, the negatives that we see in churches is comparison. Now, comparison can be a good thing. It can spur us on. It can encourage us. But unfortunately, more often than not, comparison is destructive. We compare ourselves to each other. We compare our church to another church. We compare and we find ourselves wanting. We compare. We find ourselves walking in pride because, well, we do that better than they do. We presume that we are better than others because when we compare, we seem to be doing better. Comparison is one way to divide a church. Comparison is one way to divide the people within the church. Comparison gets us to focus on ourselves instead of the greater good. Comparison opens the door for sin. So if you find yourself comparing, and we all do this, whether it's within the church or whether it's within our own lives, we need to catch ourselves and go, God, why am I going down this road? What is there that will come out of it? Are you causing me to compare because you're trying to speak to me? Or am I comparing because I have pride and arrogance in my life? See, nowhere in Scripture that I can find does Jesus ask us to compare to anything or anyone else other than to him. He is our plumb line. We need to look to him and only to him because he is the perfect representation of everything that is good and holy. And he asks us to be perfect just as he is perfect. So don't allow comparison to bring disunity within a body where we're trying to build unity. Our reading from Ephesians 4 reminds us that we need to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. And that is told to us in verse 3, I think it was. Yeah, in verse 3 it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now I believe the clue is in the verse. Keep unity within the Spirit, within the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws us into unity. 
So we need to be pursuing Holy Spirit. We need to be pursuing our relationship with not just the Father, not just Jesus, but with Holy Spirit as well. We need to be getting to know the Holy Spirit and to discover within Him and through Him the true meaning of unity. We've been very blessed in that we've been receiving the words that has been coming out of your prayer groups this week. And it has been such a joy to see that God has been speaking about what I believe three things, unity, love, and forgiveness. And I know yesterday, unfortunately, I'm really sad I couldn't be here yesterday, but there was some dealing with some forgiveness. And we, I, my prayer is that as you go forward out of this week of prayer, that you take what God has given you and build on it. And one of the things that has come out is love. There needs to be love. Love, I believe, is vital in unity. We want to build this church, this church here in Swanley, but God's church, there needs to be a, a, a basis, a foundation of love. Without love, we will find it very difficult to dwell together in unity with each other, in harmony with each other. John 13, 34 to 35 reminds us that we must love each other just as Christ loved us and still loves us. But one John is also so full of God's love. And I love the Passion Translation from 1 John 4, verses 7 through 11. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. And then verse 11. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. I declare over you that you are delightfully loved ones. So, it begs the question then, is love our way of life? Is loving one another what we do naturally and normally? Is love the basis for the unity within this church? But I also believe there is one other aspect to knowing the unity of, of, of what God wants us to do, and that is to know his goodness. If we don't know how good God is, we will start to believe that we are better than him. 
that's an open door to sin and pride and arrogance. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. God never changes. God is constant and he is consistent. And as we get to know God through intimacy, through communion with him, through spending time with him, we will know him. We will trust him. We will delight ourselves in him. We will know that he never gives up on us and that we can dwell together in unity and harmony in his goodness and in his love. So as I bring my message to a close, I want to share with you a paragraph out of um, a, a reading at the beginning of January from Our Daily Bread. We've learned to publicly criticize everything from the beliefs people hold to the clothes they wear. The reality, however, is that a critical and unloving attitude doesn't align with who God is, who he has called us to be as believers in Jesus. While there will be times when we have to deal with disagreement, the Bible reminds us that as believers, we're to always conduct ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's from Colossians 3.12. As I said earlier, criticism is a thing that will break churches down. It will break down unity, and we definitely do not want that. We might not always agree, but how we handle that disagreement will show how we love God and how much we know he loves us. How we handle that disagreement should always be done in love, should always be done with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. So as we move, almost at the end of January, we've still got the whole year ahead of us though, as we move into 2022, let us have a greater understanding of God's goodness. Let it be a year where we continually let God's love pour from us because God is love. Let us dwell together in unity, in harmony with each other, honoring each other and furthering the kingdom of God through everything that we do. Let compassion, the kindness, humility, gentleness and peace be our portion with each other. Let forgiveness flow from us so that we can move into the plans that God has for us as individuals, for us as a church, for us as the kingdom of God. God's intention is for the perfecting and the equipping of each one of us, his saints, so we can do the work of ministering to each other and so build up his church. So let us attain unity and faith and work together in building the church and furthering the kingdom 
so those who do not yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior will come to him. Let us work together in unity so when the world looks at, at the church, they don't look at us and say, well, there they go again, breaking each other down, criticizing. Let the world look at the church and say, I want to be part of that. Let the world look at, or let Swanley look at Swanley Christ Church and say, wow, there's love, there's unity, there's kindness, there's compassion, there's gentleness, there's humility there. We don't see that in the world. We want it. And then as God has called each one of you in the giftings and the callings that he has placed in your lives, you will further the kingdom because some of you will be standing at the door and welcoming those people in. And some of you will be standing up here doing the work of the pastor. And some of you will be going into the, the, the town center and doing the work of the evangelist. And some of you will be doing the work of serving behind the scenes. And some of you will be interceding. I believe one of the words that has come through as well is we need a group of intercessors and watchmen within the church. I couldn't agree more. Intercessors are so important and watchmen are so important, but they're not the only important ones. So you see, whatever we do, we do for the furthering of the kingdom. And I bless you, each one of you, that you take hold of what's come out of this week of prayer and that you allow God to speak to you as a, individuals as a body to develop strategy, to develop a way forward, to grow the unity, to grow, to walk and do everything in love and gentleness, kindness and humility and that forgiveness be short in that when you feel aggrieved or you feel somebody's harmed you or you've done something, you go to God quickly, seeking forgiveness and then moving forward with the love and the passion that he has put in you. So God bless you. I'm excited for the journey that you are on as a church. I'm excited for the journey that each one of you as individuals are on because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God bless you. Thank you very much. And um, let's just spend a moment of reflection, the words that have come to us this morning. Just think, what is God saying to you? This is a new year. This is a new season. And I believe very strongly that God is already doing something new among us. Amen. One thing we should remember is that Christianity is not a spectator faith. Coronavirus has changed things so much that sometimes it's more as if we are just consumers. Okay? We, you know, sit at home and consume the service, worship, but actually... God wants us to believe us. Amen? Given out what he has deposited in us. And I believe from the word we have received this morning that we will be more 
of that. If you look around here, you see that this building was made of bricks. You can see that each brick is aligned to the one next to it. And they are chalked in with mortar. Now, beautiful design, but they are made of individual bricks. And if you look at those bricks, they are also of different sizes. You can see it. It's so real, so natural. They are made of different sizes. They are not all the same, but they are linked. That's when we're talking about unity. They are linked together, and each of them, they are playing their role. If they each decide to come off the wall, what happens? There'll be no wall. But it's when each of those bricks are linked together and they are in agreement to work together, that's why we'll have something magnificent, a building, you know, raised very high. And these single bricks could actually build a skyscraper. But because they are being put together, linked together, and the Lord is building us into a magnificent people. Amen into a congregation, into a powerful, powerful voice for him in this corner of the world. We might just look like a little speck when you look at the you know, map of the world. Even Swanley as a town. Sometimes when I want to type Swanley on my computer, what comes up is Swansea. I don't know whether it happens to you. <laughs> because Swansea is known more. As far as you type Swan, the next thing is Swansea. So until you begin to put the L before Google will drag up Swanley. So we, we need to know that, that we are just one tiny speck of a town doesn't mean that God doesn't recognize us. And when it comes to this town, that we are just one tiny individual in this town doesn't mean that God doesn't know who you are. He knows your address. He knows the gift he has put in you. And he wants you not to allow that gift to die. He wants you to use that gift to build his body. Just as Gina said, you might have the gift of being an evangelist, prophet, teacher, whatever it is. Use it for the glory of God. Don't just be an observer. Use it for the glory of God. There are many different aspects of our church life. Some of those aspects the teams are looking for people to join them. So begin to pray, God, where do you want me to serve you here in Christ Church? If you have a good voice, you can join the worship team. You can just even help those who are making tea and coffee at the end of the service. That is fantastic. You can help Margaret and the team to be at the door to welcome people. That's amazing. There are so many areas of the church life that you should be a part of. And as you do that, I believe God will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I invite Graham, he will lead us in this um, session of prayer ministration. And um, however the Lord is um, leading you to do that, and I want us to really to respond with Graham, however the Lord is laying in his heart for us to do it, because we are here this morning to finalize, consolidate all that the week has been. We've spent time in prayer. We've spent time in listening to God. 
And now is our own time to respond to whatever the Lord will want us to do. Amen. Because as George was saying, we've heard prayers. We, yesterday, I believe, the Holy Spirit brought revelation. And I believe again this morning. And we can all say, yeah, I agree with that word. That was a good word. Yes, I think that word applies to this church. Yes, I can see that. I can, yes, now that's a good word. And, and yeah, we could go home and say, oh, good word today. That's a good word today. That was a good week of prayer. But that's, what are you doing about it? How, how has it affected you? Has the word been a good word? Was it just a good word that tickled the ears nicely? Or was it a word that said, yes, I agree with that? And was there a stirring inside? And one of my prayers during yesterday, for those that were here, and unfortunately those that were at home weren't here, you were included in the prayers, because I prayed for every member of the church for the Holy Spirit to start to fan what's going on inside. Some was just a little coal. Some had a fire. But to fan them into flames. And what we need to do is we need to respond. And I have a real sense that this, this new year going on this week. That God is saying, he says, right, I am establishing a new wineskin. Now we know a new wineskin, you can't put the old wine in the new wineskin. And we, he's pouring out a new wine. And he says, I'm creating a new wineskin so that it can hold the new wine that's coming. And he says, the individuals, he says, each one, I want them to receive a new wineskin so that too can hold the new wine. This is for individuals, but also for the church as a whole. Now, some of the, the wine that's going to come in will look very much and taste very much to the wine that you have in your current wineskin. But it's going to be different. You may not see it, you may not perceive it, but you need to understand that it will be different because it's a new wine from the new time, and there will be new power within that day. I believe that God is pouring out a wine now, but a wine that is power. Because the thing is, as we read in scriptures, there will be demonstrations of power where the word is proclaimed. Where we take the love of God, there will be power. And this morning, what I'm asking is, are you ready to say, yes, God, I want to be a new wineskin. And I only want the wine that you give me in this wineskin. Because I want to step out into new. As the church receives a new wineskin, so as individuals, you need to receive the new wineskin. So what I'm going to do is shortly going to ask you, is if you say, right, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm responding to you. That's where you respond in. He's calling you and he says, right, I'm going to respond because the Father's pouring out a new wine. I am putting away my old wineskin 
I'm not going to keep any of the wine, but I want this new wine skin, and I want to allow you to fill it. So what it is, I'm going to ask you to do like a prophetic act where you lay everything down. Now, it could be frightening. I've done this in the past where I laid every single thing that I had down. And I said, God, you will tell me when to pick it up and it will come. You may have a ministry. You may be doing something. You need to say to the Father, I will lay that down. And if it's for him to pick it up again, he will, he will give it a new one in the new wineskin. So what I'm going to do is, now, if you're not prepared to, please don't do it because other people are doing it. You need to be true to yourself and true to the Holy Spirit because he, he, he knows we pray that there be no sapphires and here today because we don't want that. But we need to understand you can't lie to him. So those, I'm going to ask those that in, in a moment, those that wanted to lay down and to stand up and those that are able to, to come to the front. It's you're not coming to me or anything else. It's a prophetic act to say to the Father, yes. I want to receive your new wineskin. I want to be part of the new wineskin for Christ Church Swanley. I want my new wineskin. And I only want your new wine. Your new wine that's coming and with power. So I can ask those that, that want to, that want to receive, to stand, put aside the old, and to stand where you are. Spirit, just come. Just speak into them now. Stand. Those that want the new wineskin. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into you. And what I'm going to ask now, those that are able to or wish to, can you come to the front and just come and line up in the front here? Just say, yes, Father, I'm coming to you. I'm responding to your call. There's some of you who may not be able to come to the front. Do not fear that you're missing out because the Father knows your heart and he will meet you where you're at. So we can just come forward, just come forward. There's no crocodiles here. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you have your hand upon this church. That your anointing is upon it. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would come with your fire and you would touch each and every one that is here. That you would anoint them with power. That you would give them clear direction that you would come within them, that you would rise up within them, the, what you have called them to do, that they would pick it up with a new fervor, a new fire, burning and filled with your new wine as they come in their own lives, but also in the life of Christ Church. This is a beacon in this town, and that they, the wine that will flow through it, will light it up that people may be touched.
May your love flow through each and every one of them. That they would be anointed, filled with your, filled with your presence. Filled with your presence. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come and touch and fill each and every one of them. Just come with your anointing, your power, and your fire. Rest upon each one. Let them, that your heart will come and be one with their heart. Just touch them, Lord. Just bless and anoint. Bless and anoint each and every one. Let them receive. Receive everything that you have for you. We thank you, precious Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come. Just come and anoint each and every one. That they may know your presence. That they may know your love. That they may know your power in their life. Just come with the anointing. Fill them up. Just come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have called these people. That they will not walk alone. Holy Spirit, I believe the saying, he says, I'm going to come. I'm giving each one of you new wine. There are going to be things, signs, and wonders that you've never believed. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just come with the anointing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just receive, just come, just focus on the Holy Spirit. Listen to him speaking to you. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in this congregation. You are moving and touching and anointing people. Father, you have started a new work here today. And you are going to bless and anoint these that have stepped forward to come into this. And I ask for a special anointing and guidance on George as he leads these people. I just pray that you would come, touch him, fill him with your power, take him to wisdom beyond his recognition. That you, Holy Spirit, will be a fire within him. That there will be people he would come, they would look at him, and they would see the fire of Jesus shining from his eyes. That they would see the mantle of the apostolic mantle that you are placing upon him to lead these, this church. This part of your church, your church of Jesus. I thank you for that, Father. And I bless and anoint that Nana as well would be a rock beside him. That they would come as two, they would two that would be one, and they would lead, and that the people would come, the compassion would flow through them, and through these people as they come, as you bring in the revelation for their part to play in this church, 
that it would come together, it would be strong. As, we, as George shared with, with the buildings, that it would come, it would become, they will fit in their place, that they would come to know, that the people would come to know, they would look at them, and when they see in their eyes, they will see not only the fire of Jesus, but the compassion and the passion of Jesus and the love of the Father flowing out through the eyes. People will come when you walk there, when you stand next to them, they will just feel the Father's love. They won't understand, but they will look to you and the Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom and the discernment and the words to declare that they are in the presence of the Holy Spirit who can be with them, that they're Jesus who went to the cross and ascended so he, the Holy Spirit of the Father could come and to guide them into reunion with the Father. So I bless you all to receive what the Holy Spirit has for you and to walk in it. To walk in it. Walk in it. Because you will be, he's going to empower you. You might be few in number, but he only had 12 disciples and one of them betrayed him and he has changed the world. There's more than enough here to change Swanley for starters. Thank you, Father. This Holy Spirit, just bless each and every one here in the name of Jesus. Amen.